0: Hello, folks. Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Policy Genius, who wants you to know that while you're layering on the SPF in this summer's heat, don't forget to protect your property too. Policy Genius can help you find ways to bundle your home and auto insurance and save on coverage. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance all in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've saved customers an average of $1,250 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance before. The team will handle all the paperwork to set up your new policy or switch you over from your current one. All you have to do is head over to PolicyGenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then PolicyGenius just takes it from there. They compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find your low quotes the policy genius team can look for ways to save you more including bundling your home and auto policies and if they find a better rate than what you're paying now they will switch you over for free their top-notch service has earned policy genius thousands of five-star reviews across Trustpilot and google so head over to policygenius.com and get started right now because when it comes to insurance it's nice to get it right we're also brought to you by DECT. Do you know what Decked is? Well, you're about to. And if you own a truck, you're going to know what it's like to have stuff rattling around in the cab or under the seat and wh- how annoying it can be to keep it organized. I hate things rattling around in my car. I hate things in my bins. I go over bumps. I hear them, and it just drives me insane. And when we were carrying camera cases around in my Ford Raptor, I mean, all those cases and all that equipment unsecured in, in the bed, exposed to the elements, exposed to potential theft. That's why I really think that if you carry stuff in your truck, you should think about the decked drawer system. Decked makes organizing so much easier, accessing everything, protecting everything, and securing everything just super easy. Basically, they put this insert into your bed and they have two full bed length drawers that can carry up to 200 pounds each of whatever you've got they roll out waist-high giving you easy access to your organized tools your gear if you're using a truck as a camera vehicle like we were or a construction vehicle electrical vehicle a pool equipment you know, whatever, it's got a 2,000 pound payload capacity load floor and the drawers slide in underneath that load floor, plus they're weatherproof, protecting your stuff from the elements and theft. The deck drawer system keeps your gear secure, it's out of sight and it's out of mind. If your tailgate is locked, you can't open the drawers and you can't remove the system. Drawer locks are available for added security and peace of mind if you need to go even further. Decked offers a full line of segmented storage or organizational accessories like toolboxes, bags, cargo tie downs and other items for maximum efficiency of space and your time. The deck drawer system is 100 percent made in the USA and backed by a three-year no-hassle warranty with second to none customer service team ready to answer all of your questions. Get the decked drawer system at decked.com slash smoking tire and get free shipping. That's decked.com slash smoking tire for free shipping on your decked drawer system. That's decked D E C K E D dot com slash smoking tire. And of course, JB Weld, they're here all year. I I think it's all year. JB Weld is the world's strongest bond. If you've worked on cars, if you've worked around your house, if you've worked on porcelain or wood, plastics, plumbing you know what jb weld is already and if you don't i'm going to tell you whether it's diy projects automotive repairs plumbing marine or more jb weld is the world's strongest bond in fact jb weld products can be used on practically anything from metal or to wood to plastics glass ceramics and more just keep a tube in the toolbox keep a tool in the kitchen drawer keep one in the car or the truck and speaking of trucks, J.B. Weld acquired Herculiner, which is the original DIY truck bed liner. So if you're looking for the world's strongest truck bed liner, look no further. Herculiner has you covered there as well. I know that stuff is rough and tough because I rolled a bunch of it on my floor here at the shop. I made a, a rug out of it. And it actually I don't have a truck at the moment, but I do have a floor and I did need a rug and I made one and it was great. Herculiner rules. So go be your strongest self use jb weld the world's strongest bond use herculiner the original diy truck bed liner it is available at JBWeld.com, walmart amazon home depot lowe's autozone advanced auto parts napa o'reilly michaels and more jb weld epoxy products are proudly made in the usa yeah jb weld we love them and of course Tradecraft Farms is, and is always, in the house with the most delightful and scrumptious THC and CBD products available legally in the state of California. If you happen to be coming through town, cruise by one of their retail locations, which you can get on their website. If you are not yet part of the legalized, civilized world, just give them a follow on Instagram, Tradecraft underscore Farms. They are good folks. We really appreciate them sponsoring our show, and their products are cheap. Just delightful use them daily and uh, all right folks on this episode of the show me and zach are in studio recapping all the stuff we have driven he went to italy to drive some ferraris and tour the factory i am extremely jealous of that i have driven the new c8 corvette convertible z51 we've had a lamborghini urus over the weekend uh, i recap uh, what we didn't cover in our last show about the Maybach 600 suv and we have probably a lot more car news than that that i won't even remember to read in this intro it's me and zach in studio in smoking tire podcast combination of factors involved here yes i have to open the shop very early on uh some days and uh you know if you start work at 6 a.m it's now almost 1 p.m that's sort of your mid-afternoon lull isn't it you yeah a little fucking horsepower jump.
1: Yeah. Isn't that a little uh, high-octane Bueno Roasters. Albert Einstein, wouldn't he take a nap like three times a day? Or how about any Italian? <laughs> <laughs> so many times we tried to have lunch at like three and went, oh, that's right. Oh, siesta culture. Oh, I they closed. Yeah. Shit. It was yeah. funny, you know, my we went to Italy and I love
0: Italy and Zach just got back from Italy and, hi, everybody. How you doing? And, uh, the, uh, <laughs> when, uh, you know, I went to Italy with my parents, and you we experienced the phenomenon of everything being closed for 90 minutes or two hours in the middle of the day. Yeah. And when we went, the economy of Italy was pretty minimal. It was not doing very well. And my dad just looked around and went, you know, you want to work, you know, six-eighths of a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here is what you're going to get. And uh I don't necessarily agree with the with that entirely, but I do understand. I do kind of understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh
1: yeah, there were places that would show their hours was like 11 to 2. Right. And then 8 to 11:30. Like they have late dinners. <laughs> right. And right. They, right. Run, they start late and run
0: late. Well, cuz the dinner is it's one seating, you know, yeah. like the, you know, at a restaurant in America, you've probably got, you know, you've got your lunch. You have probably got Two table turns at lunch, right? And I've never worked in restaurants, Zach has. Yep. Two table turns at lunch True. and maybe even three at dinner, right? Yep. Two True. or three at dinner, right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Italy has one and one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they fill the table once, everybody stays for three hours, yeah. like two hours, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. You you know, Italy has, uh, and a lot of places in Europe, they don't have our, uh, you know, they don't really have fast food. Their fast food is a little different. Like, there's McDonald's and shit, but like... Over there, it's like there's a like a rest stop that has like a pre-made panini kind of thing and an espresso, or
1: there's a two-hour lunch. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really in between those two things. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I was in the small towns. I wasn't in a big city, but I don't think they have eight. Oh, it's fast just cu- food it's joints. just cultural. Yeah, like there's a McDonald's in the major cities and stuff, but like
0: their fast the highway rest areas are like an espresso machine and like a nice
1: fucking prosciutto panini totally. or something. Even in the airport. The, the restaurants, in the, all the cafe things in the airport. We dove right same, into this. Why the fuck the were, did you go to Italy?
0: What were we talking about? Why so, are we even talking about Italy right now?
1: I went to Italy. Ferrari invited me to go to Italy to um, drive the F8 and SF90 at the Fiorano track mm. and to see the museums that they have. They have an Enzo museum and then they have the Ferrari museum. Is um, the Enzo in museum in Enzo's house? It's a a, yeah. It's like attached to it. Yeah. It's uh. It's in Modena, and it's like attached to the. You don't get to see the house. Um. Sorry. So he had the house in Modena, where he was born, Mm -hmm. and where he grew up, like wrenching on cars with his dad. And then at the Ferrari factory, there's like what became his house, which was very cool. It's the original building still there, and he used to live on the, like second floor, and his office was the first floor, and it's like right when you drive in the gate. So he would he could see the track and see what was going on. See who's coming in. I have a friend yeah. who I see at Cars and Coffee, and who is very, very wealthy.
0: And it's one of those people who buys all the hyper cars. Mm-hmm. And he told me that he stayed in that bedroom in Whoa. that in Enzo's house.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Or he stayed. Wow. Uh, or he must
1: have a lot of money then. Yeah, it was crazy. Because they, because what they said is that um, the whoever's the sitting president of the company can still use it as their residence when they go to Fiorano to work. So there's still part of it that is set up like as an office and a residence and whoever's the CEO can go there, which is super cool.
0: Yeah, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm conflated it. It wasn't a billionaire. It was uh, someone who had uh, won races for Ferrari, was allowed oh. to stay there as a, for a night or two as a as wow. a perk That's for cool. winning, I, I forget, one of the major endurance races
1: okay. uh, with, uh, with Ferrari. Because it is it is a really amazing that there's this building made of old brick whatever yeah. with a red door, a worn doorknob, and then you turn to your right and you see the F1 building, like the modern headquarters of, for F1, which is huge. And it's just an interesting juxtaposition of, like, everything Ferrari's done mm-hmm. and where they were and where they're going and all that stuff. I mean, it's all right in one, I don't know, what would be, like, five New York square blocks? Maybe less, actually, including, like, track, main factory, F1 center, um, and then across the street is the Marinello Ferrari Museum. And all around it are all these places you can rent Ferraris to like drive around for an hour. Yeah, and yeah. charge exorbitant amounts yeah, of money. Yeah, it's like two hundred euro an hour or for like something. nine kilometers. Yeah, some yeah. of them, oh, the limit is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So they had. That's got be ra- I bet that's an unbelievable racket. Incredible. They're like, oh look, you're here. You're already in the mood. Mm-hmm. You, want to, you want to rent? I'm like, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. For how much? I'm like, well, you can't really go anywhere. You can drive to the end of the driveway and come back. <laughs> yeah. So they so they had us. They had me and a bunch of journalists and other people out there to just like. You know, uh, people that are new to the brand or whatever, and see see where it's all come from and where it's going and all that stuff. So we saw the factory and where they build the engines and where they build, um, you know, put the power trains into the cars, which right. is cool. Everything's on like a, a magic on the Morgan build. McLaren factory scale, where does Ferrari fall? Definitely more on the McLaren side. Uh-huh. Um, it's very, I mean, it's very clean, very modern. But it's not all white inside like McLaren is. Like McLaren looks like a laboratory where they're developing a new bioweapon right. or something. And this looks like a little bit more like a fan, the fancy Corvette factory. Like you have the powertrain come in on one crane and then the body is like dropped on top of it uh-huh. and they marry them together. It's all really slick the way it like snakes around itself. And then, you know, it take In the, terms of being like a compact space. Compact space. Yeah. Like it's a rectangle and the car will go like... Around the outside of the rectangle, makes a tight U-turn, goes on the inside, and then yeah. when it completes that, it's a car. Yeah. You know, and they, they just kind of the whole the whole thing is a giant conveyor belt that moves along. Meaning, like, like it's a factory. I don't know. I've never spe- I've never seen one like that. Where like Corvette, it was all like suspended in the air. You know, yeah. and the cars like floated by people. Right. With this, everyone is standing on the conveyor belt, and the car and the tools needed for that car move with it. Yes. I don't know. I thought that was really That's cool. That's
0: where um, oh, I've seen other factories that work that are like that, where the, the, the tool cart moves along yeah. the station. Yeah. Um, BMW okay. was like that. Um, Porsche in Leipzig was like that. The, there's multiple stations of tools. And the cars were hanging for some of it. But in other ones, they were at sort of ground level on a on a wife calling. Sorry, on a flat conveyor belt. And uh, and it would – yeah, the, the the tool station would just kind of move along and then quickly reset back and yeah. then move along again. Yeah, it was, it was pretty
1: rad. There's a timer counting down. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it's like 30 minutes at each station or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then they have their whole engine facility where they – that's the one I think people heard about. It's climate controlled. So it has a huge garden in the middle with like – Trees like oh, like, like 50, thirty foot tall. Yeah, control. biosphere yeah. that keeps the humidity at seventy five percent, and then it has the temperatures always set to the same thing year round, and that way all the metal like all the, the it's tolerances like the are, of the engines those stay are the same. same. Yeah, the people yeah. stay comfortable because they they actually have a foundry on site which we were not allowed to see. But like they pour their own aluminum, and then just bring it over and mill it and turn it into an engine.
0: Pretty I mean cool. that's pretty
1: cool. I wonder how common or rare that is. I've never. They said actually, it was very rare. Did I, they? I didn't. Fact check that, but they were like, not many car companies have a foundry on their site. They just order their aluminum from somebody else. I think Hyundai also had it, which is rare. Well, to be perfectly honest, most car companies don't build their the, the
0: engines, and the cars are not always built in the same places. I True. think in 2021, I think it's probably fairly uncommon to be in a situation where the engine is built in the same location as the, you know, almost every single car plant I've been in, except for maybe McLaren. Uh, it was well the engine you know comes in on these pallets from wherever the fuck else it's built you know right. whether it's whether it's up the road or up the you know, another country with
1: corvette they they had the engine room but it was only for the Z06s
0: right correct the regular engines were not built on that in bowling green they were built you know somewhere else and the uh, the, the lt 4s Z06 and the Cadillac CTSV engine uh, was built by a very small team on site yeah um so wait i'm sorry we were talking about the uh the cli- the, the climate control of the factory the i engineer, remember yeah. when they
1: planted the trees right. that
0: was a big deal
1: yeah uh, 2008 or something like that they did yeah, the tree correct. planting thing yeah they just they redesigned or rebuilt their entire factory and they're like well What's the best way to do this, or what's something we can optimize for it? So it's like a huge greenhouse. Like I whole like Subaru whole does that, too. Oh, really? I think Subaru made that makes sense. a thing out of planting a bunch of trees in their factory,
0: too. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. it makes... It's, if you can maintain, I don't know, put out more oxygen, maintain humidity, all that mm-hmm. stuff, without having to use machines to do the whole thing. Sure was it very pleasant that. in there? Yeah, it did. It, like, the air felt nice, and it was, it was cool to just look out over the sea of, like, CNC machines and robots and all kinds of complicated stuff, and then there's just this big garden in the middle of it i think mm. it would be like on a psychological level a much more pleasant thing to do because they have studied that when they send people out in the forest their brains like calm down yeah and it's something to do with like how we're wired to see green and vegetation well, that makes stuff, sense so. i mean i mean right. forest relaxation
0: i mean come on it's yeah like, it's all it's all in the same you know realm of stuff yeah i mean it was cool do you it think there's employees
1: cool. that like like, listen, I'm gonna fucking do some mushrooms later. and Break into the garden. Yeah, the third shift, <laughs> the shift that runs from you know one a.m. to eight
0: a.m. Yeah, listen, you don't want to build uh, get one uh, that was during that period yeah. during, the, during the gardening phase.
1: Uh, the gardening <laughs> phase was a transitionary period. Uh, or much faster. Who knows? They might have they might have understood the molecules. Right, man. Right, right. Yeah, uh, that was when they came up with the idea for the foundry. Yeah, we need our own metal, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Their own metallurgist, <laughs> who, who a week before was just like an assembly guy. He's like, I understand everything now. Right. But uh, so it's worth it as a tourist to see the factory if you're already in Italy. If you're in Italy, you should go. You should go to Modena and because there's so many car companies right there anyway. Like you could do two days and see Lamborghini, Ferrari, Ducati, Pagani. Like do that. Yeah. But I think for me, it's always cool to see where the things come from because. I don't know, in a silly way, I, I just looked at them like, here are magical machines that come from a magical place. And then you go there and it's like, no, they're grinding metal. There are people that build this shit because people make get things done. Yeah. And it was really cool to see how this stuff goes from raw material to one of the fastest, I most the, cars around. I remember the... It's
0: so funny that you said magical cars from a magical place. I remember thinking shit like that. I right? remember being young and being like, no, no. Like, a Ferrari and a Chevy are almost not even... Almost cars. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's like no, no. You don't. Know, it's like they're, you know, this this Malibu, and that Testarossa. They're not even uh, cars. It's they like can't they're be not made the, the same way. Right? No, no. The Ferrari. Yeah. Is, it's so pretty. It's so fast. It sounds. so It must be. There's. It has to be something totally special. It's not just like, oh no, like here's a company that has a completely different set of priorities listed yeah. out on their priority plot sheet. Right. You know? And so, like, when we when I was working at Gotham Dream Cars in the mid-2000s, and, like, you know, something would break, right? And it was a rental car, so things would break a lot. And you'd call the dealer, and the dealer would go, okay, well, that blah, blah, blah is going to be $2,500. And then someone in the shop would go, no, it's not. And they would take it apart, like, in the shop, and they'd eventually— Get to the point where you got to a something made by Bosch mm-hmm. or Magneti yeah. Morelli. And we learned that, like, you know, actually, it's just a car made up of parts that are made by companies who also make parts for other stuff. And, like, yes, say, the sheet metal is pretty right. and the engineering of the the internals of the engine and stuff like that is very good. But, like, there's a whole lot of, like, regular shit in these amazing cars,
1: too. Yeah, the, the motor that moves the seat yeah. isn't going to be, most of the time, built by Ferrari or Koenigsegg no. or whatever because yeah. they don't need to reinvent that. Yeah, um, What they need to re- reinvent for them Christian is might engine, try. suspension. He might. <laughs> He'll figure out a way to
0: Christian do it. Christian would, like... Cause like uh, the the seat motors are actually a parasitic
1: drain we discovered, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, he'd figure out a way to make it run on oxygen, right. you know, because he'll be the first one to be able to. It he'll diverts to, the
0: exhaust onto like a windmill under the seat that like that makes pressure, electricity. Like moves yeah, if they
1: want to reverse engineer the alien spacecraft that have crashed, have him do it. Right. He exactly. Can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool to see that stuff. Yeah. To see how it gets built. And then uh, we got to drive. But then
0: you got to have a go at Fiorano, the yeah. in-house test track, which yes. is like pretty cool. It's very it's convenient It's pretty for cool, them. right? It's pretty convenient. But did Fiorano have the the je ne sais quoi of any of it, or was it just a
1: track like any other? Um, I think to me, strangely, it was a track like any other, but... I guess once I got there, I was surprised at how narrow the track is, especially when they they say they test F1 cars there. Right. like definitely um, a test track and not a race track. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. and so so they did they did some cool stuff. So we we rode right seat while instructor because they do a lot of like Ferrari experience instruction days there. You know, if you right. want to pay for one or if you buy a car, you can do a one or two day driving school, um, which a lot of people should because all of their you cars are insane.
0: Should you? I mean. Not only would that be a trip, you know, they go to yeah. Italy, Fucking eat yeah. some delicious food, do the museum, maybe even see your car going down the line. I think they could probably arrange that Dude, if not. You did
1: European delivery, throwing it out of my ass. Start there. Yeah. I mean, and they have school cars. You drive their cars, mm-hmm. and then you could learn how to drive all the stuff, and because you're picking up at least 612 horsepower, depending yeah. on what you get, and then drive it to a shipyard and ship it out. It'd be sick.
0: The our our chaperone guy for our SF90 drive in in California worked at that, works at that school.
1: Yeah, everyone, a lot of people that work there are, you know, legit hot shoes with a lot of experience. Yeah. Um, so they had us- What's r- the track? R- like right two to, miles, right? Yeah. On, point 1.8 or so, over kilometers two? kilometers, maybe, I think. It's it, short. It kind, it's like Lime Rock short, right? Yeah, it is. It's kind of um, shaped like a paper clip in a way. It's very long and it folds back on itself and it's like hairpin, chicane, sweeping left, tight right there's a bridge with a jump before it there is like an imperfection or maybe they built it into that like right before this bridge you're going full throttle out of this kind of over the right bridge hander, or under a bridge over a bridge uh-huh. and right before you go over the bridge there is like a yump and they said you know back in the day it was like all right we can test some suspension compliance here but now the cars are so fast that they did telemetry <laughs> with me later and in the sf it's like see that that's where you had wheel spin
0: because yeah, the car gets at 135
1: light. yeah and, i mean that was like a like 100 or 110 but yeah. it's like it's light and then you break and then blind right down the, or the bridge um another sweeping left to a hairpin and then like a long curving winding straight mm. and then you're back to start again so it's like this very long stretched out thing and um it's like two lanes wide i mean it's it's like mini monza right i've never been to monza I mean, what does yeah. it look like like that okay yeah, yeah it's it's but it's so cool that they do have it right outside their door, and it's a is a big advantage. And we, so they had us ride right seat with an instructor, and then um, and then we drove the F eight by ourselves for like four laps. And then you come in and they do telemetry with you. And so I sat with Mark Genet, who was like a Formula One racer and won uh, Le Mans along with um, what's uh, oh yeah, it's like this with another t- like fold in it. Yeah. If you, fold, if you folded half of that over itself, you'd end up in the same place. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, let me just find.
0: So four laps with telemetry. No no right seat,
1: though. First, first session was right seat. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the second session was by ourselves. Oh, yeah. And, oh, uh, that, yeah it and is and kind it. of like that, actually. Yeah. That's a cool track layout. Yeah. So, um, So this is between nine. What is this? Eight and nine. That's the bridge. Oh, so you're going over that bridge into a fucking braking zone? Yeah, oh, into wow. a blind, Nasty. In blind right. It's a and you're like a still crest. on power at the bridge. You're on it's power at the bridge, the right oh. before the bridge. They have a sign that says break, and I did. Yeah, like you don't. <laughs> this is the, the the turn to not be bold. Yeah, because uh, there's a wall, and then you know it's a lot of open grass around this this four. Looks fun. Corner four is like, I mean, the SF is a really fast left, and then you're going full throttle through three, and then back here Uh, on this straightaway right about this one marker they had a sign that was like off gas and they said it was for noise but I really think it was for safety because if you went full throttle in an SF all the way from this two down to this one like you'd be going legit 175 miles an hour Yeah, and I, I, I don't know I didn't know any of the other people in this group other than Chris Perkins from Road and Track but that's really fast yeah. to go for an entry into a corner. Like, if you get that wrong by half a second, like, you're going off yeah, into yeah. the factory. Like, you're reparking the car where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> so I was fine with that whole, you know, lift here for safety. Um, so what? It had you do a lift in the middle of the straightaway and then get back on it, like, like a little bit later? It was bit a later? lift for, like, two seconds. Right, it's like right, lift, right. back on gas. Right. But it was long enough where it kind of slowed things down a bit. Yeah.
0: Um, it would be easy to make that excuse for noise there, and it would make a dick, big enough difference in the. Totally, yeah. I didn't. So I mean, on a racetrack,
1: how much faster is the SF really when you have the actual room to go really fast? I think what I noticed is how smart it is. So they had it in race mode, and they had full harnesses, yeah, which is awesome because you don't have to hold yourself in place. Right, and it really helps you just focus on driving this. Lunatic you can, go, and you can go feel kart. the steering without hanging onto the wheel, which you know? is a big thing. I, every time I drive a car with harnesses, I forget how advantageous that is for holding you in place, so you can just drive and feel. Um, you just you just really notice the front end pulling you around, and how and then they show telemetry later. Like here's when traction control is kicking on. Here's how much the front motors are pulling you, and or when they're not pulling you. And it's really cool to see. As you turn in more steering wheel, how much power it sends to the front or is it, you know, is it regenerating or what's it doing and mm-hmm. using the motor to regenerate as you're accelerating? Like there's all this clever shit happening. And the the graphs of the F8, um, they were like four things. It's like, here's your steering, your throttle, your brakes and traction. And then with the 90, there was like eight. Yeah, it's like, here's, here's regen, mm-hmm. here's front motors, here's... Uh, how much it's charging off of the engine like total energy usage all this cool stuff but it's really impressive how i was really impressed by i think how fast i was able to go in the sf and how comfortable i felt just kind of pushing it chasing mark janet because it just felt there's all this wizardry happening much like the nsx that you don't feel you're just like okay i'm breaking i'm turning i'm going really fucking fast yeah be smart about what you're doing it allows a little slip in race mode um, but you don't notice that it's raining you in. you're just not crashing and flying off into France, right, but for double the price, is it twice as fun? Um,
0: so you're talking about three hundred and fifty right? versus
1: seven hundred thousand eight hundred thousand dollars I mean, yeah, no, I don't think it's twice as fun, but I think the people that are buying those cars. I think most of them don't care how fun it is on a track. Yeah. I mean, we know that people that are buying nearly seven-figure hyper supercars, most of them are never going to go to a racetrack with it. They just want to show up with it. Yeah. Well, that's the
0: problem with the SF90. It's not a great car to show up with because it really looks – if it it looks a lot like the <laughs> F8. If you don't park them next to each other – or you don't have the contrasting black roof. Like I've been in a couple cars mm-hmm. and coffees and there's been some SF90s that are just painted like gray or, or or worse, red tan. I saw a red tan SF90 and I spent about, I mean legitimately, 20, 25 seconds going SF90 or F8. Oh, wow. Which is... Like, don't get me wrong. That car was unbelievable to drive. Yeah, but it like is. that's a that's not a great place to be when one car costs twice as much as the others, and like it's, I guess,
1: sort of expert is like, which one is it? You know, that's, I think if you look at, I noticed a few things about the aesthetics. Like one, the one we drove was white, which mm-hmm. is a terrible color for that car. Not a good color. So they the had, gray was the best one I saw. The they dark had a good gray blue was... too. A blue has nice. great blues. Yeah, like, they do amazing blues. From the side, the blue one, the rear. Uh, fender actually has a little bit of four G T in it. Like uh-huh. that you know that rear window is so flat and low? Yeah. And then the the fender bulges up. To me that section doesn't look like F eight. And then if you look dead on, the fronts are very different. They are, but if if you don't if
0: depending on the color and if you haven't seen an F eight recently, it's hard to tell which one you're looking at. You know what I mean?
1: I think so anyway Yeah no no I mean I I can't uh Exactly Tell you right. your opinion is wrong. I'm no, no, I just, photos. I, it's, uh, I just think it's, it's generally
0: a very similar vibe.
1: So let's say, so that's red F8. Yeah. And let me go like this. And then, and uh, red SF90. Yeah. I mean, it is, a, it is a different front end, but it's, it's not that different. Well, yeah, it's those, those fender intakes are really similar in yeah. shape. Um the headlight. I mean, the headlights are definitely different. But
0: again, if you haven't seen the F eight recently, and you don't have like a frame of reference, you it can take a second. And they, they look. Yeah. They do look
1: different. If you want to go back and forth between pictures, yes, they they look different. But but I, like I think your you know, point is, the cars of this caliber used to be like La Ferrari Enzo. They looked so different yeah. from the other ones. Yeah. And now. If it's a little, if, if it's if it's close at all, it's too close. Is kind of what you're saying. I'm, I'm guessing, yeah. I mean, especially because
0: in in just my opinion, because I've only driven this thing on the street, not mm-hmm. not the track. Like the extra performance, it's it's a beautiful demonstration of technology. Mm-hmm. But it's you're starting even if you take off that technology and just go back to the the F8, it's already too fast for the street.
1: It's so fast. It's already it's so just fast. crazy
0: fast. So like. Obviously, you know, the technology has to be in service of speed or no one's going to care. No one's just going to give a shit if you're like, hey, the new Ferrari, uh, it still has 700 horsepower, just like before. It weighs 400 pounds more, but it gets 35 miles a gallon. People will be like, boo. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? So it has to be 1,000 horsepower, and I understand. It just like, to me, doesn't make it any more desirable. So I was I curious yeah. if... Okay, well, maybe it's not desire. It wasn't more desirable because I drove the thing in Malibu, and you drove it on a racetrack. So maybe it becomes more desirable
1: th- on the racetrack. I think know? what I noticed is the F eight feels light. Mm-hmm. Like both the Ferraris had very light steering. So mm-hmm. did the Portofino I drove the next day. Like all that's what they have, right? Light steering. The F eight felt light, and it felt like a little softer in the corners. It like a little bit of that nimbleness. It felt like it was leaning more in the corner. Uh-huh. The the SF felt. Fucking Oklahoma flat, like around the entire track, and it and it had the the Fiorano track package. It didn't have. I hear a car alarm. I hear a car alarm. Um, <laughs> so it just maybe it was the way th- the way the the springs were set up. They're titanium springs, um, or it's just the all-wheel drive system. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed like it was on solid springs and just going around the track much flatter. So it was a different driving experience than yeah. that kind of a little bit of lean, light front end. It doesn't have that feeling, really. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like I'd rather have the lighter car that's still ballistically fast. Yeah. But we know that a lot of the market just wants the thing that makes it makes more power and they can park it. But, I mean, I know? think that's true,
0: except that the Halo Porsche is the one where the powertrain is frozen in time in 2011. Very true. You know. Right. Porsche makes a, a big you know big power turbo car. They've got this cool hybrid shit they're doing. You know the Taycan's really nutty fast, but like the one everyone wants is the one where the powertrain is stuck in as close to ten years ago as possible. Right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so so I think hmm. I think it's 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 cool. Like my favorite thing about SF ninety is that a relatively small company like Ferrari, um. It their hybrid integration was, like, really, really good.
1: Really amazing. Really good. Like, yeah. they
0: make it, if you put that shit in sport mode, you know, I, I hate it when you put it in Prius mode. I fucking hated that car in Prius mode. I kind of liked it in pure EV. I thought yeah. that was actually sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Front-wheel drive EV Ferrari, that's kind of weird. And that was sort of interesting for a few minutes. Um But, if you put it in sport or race and the engine stays on, they manage to make the electronic shit really disappear, yes. pretty effectively, um, and that's really good. But like, the to me the the, the trade off in performance uh, and the cost and all that extra stuff, it's like it's just it's like the difference between, you know, to, to just do an example of watches, you know what I mean. A watch that can survive a hundred meters of depth, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like three, it's three hundred feet, give or take three hundred thirty feet, whatever. Right? That is for all but you know, you know, fucking pro level navy divers or commercial divers that are strapping on like mixtures of shit. You know what I mean? For and there's like you know. Couple hundred of them globally. Right, right, right. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, no one needs everybody, to go that far. the difference, <clears throat> you know, between that watch and a watch that could go 600 meters or 800, you know, whatever these record depths, Rolex, Super, Deep Sea, James Cameron shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we tested this one by strapping it on the outside of a submarine. Like, oh, wow, thank God my watch will survive that, <laughs> you know? you know. And I was just thinking of doing that for my vacation. Yeah. I want to get strapped to the outside of a submarine. Yeah. Very and good I'm point. not going to pretend like we don't have runway races and we don't have select events where you can use 1,000 horsepower. Sure, like, you want to buy a fucking 1,000-horsepower car and go runway racing? Like, I am 100% for that. Like, have fun. You know, I just – I like that uh, – Porsche offers both branches of the tree mm-hmm. that they – that they they kept. and Ferrari kind of does too, the 812, naturally aspirated. That's the branch they chose to right. keep is right. that V12. Lamborghini as well. Whatever we got to do. Yes. Whatever we got to do Absolutely. to hang on to that
1: fucking V12, we're not letting it go. Well, it's like know? Aspen selling the Signet for a while. <laughs> like if you need – because I think – I would be really curious to talk to – Someone uh, at like Ferrari or Porsche and Porsche about how like the carbon credits, the noise, how that stuff all works because we know that they they have to make a certain amount of noise and a certain amount of quiet and you know their MPGs have to be evened out. Mm -hmm. So does that play a factor? Like because Porsche sells hybrid Cayennes and other things, do they then get to make the GT3? I don't know. I'm I'm well, it's literally it's C A F A. Our cafe, mm-hmm. C-A-F-E.
0: Excuse me, uh, uh, 40 slip there, is corporate average fuel economy. So right. it's got it's an average. So you can choose to some degree, as a company, how you want to get to that average. You can make all of your cars and trucks more efficient, or you can build pure EVs to offset your gas guzzlers. Right, or right. you can. Hybridize your your naturally aspirated engines, or you can go full turbo, or you can make things plug in. Like as long as the
1: corporate average gets there. So I wonder, so, like TyCon, you know TyCon yeah. EV, does mm-hmm. that then give them the ability to make the GT3? And yeah. Keep it oh, it NA? certainly helps. Right. It
0: certainly helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean,
0: the the more you know there are these it's it's carbon credits and stuff like that so the greener the rest of your company is not only does it allow you to build some quote dirty vehicles mm-hmm. if you want but you can sell those credits i mean tesla of course. all of their profit for years <laughs> is for years was selling those carbon credits Yeah, to other companies like ford and gm and chrysler you know they'd buy the carbon credits So, they could build Hellcat everything. (laughs) Right. And that's another way to average it out, right? Yeah. But as Tesla loses market share, and I read recently that they've lost 10% market share in America uh, because of the Mach E in this year. Um, Wow. And other companies are coming out with EVs too. Um, That's a lot. It's a lot. And so as they lose market share, their carbon credits, their green credits become less desirable because other companies will be able to make their own carbon credits uh, or, or offset their own uh, dirty, you know, vehicles. And if once Ford gets this, if the F-150 Lightning is a success, the electric F-150, yeah. they, will, they will possibly be not have to buy any carbon credits anymore. If the Mach-E is totally successful and the Lightning is very successful, they might not have to buy any carbon credits
1: anymore. Wow. Which they're buying a lot yeah, now. <laughs> they have, right? Because yeah. so many of their cars are Mustang GT and yeah. Fords and trucks, and, or trucks, not Fords. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I wonder if, if by making the SF90 Hybrid 1, it was a testbed for the 296 because they're, they're, it's like, you know, that's going to be a hybridized V6 system. Um, we heard an audio That'll clip be interesting. by the way. that be interesting. In would theory, I'm going to go drive it. In yeah. theory. They, they played oh. an audio clip of it. It sounded quite good for a V6. I, like, It is possible surprised. to make a V6 sound okay. Mm-hmm. It's hard, it's, but yes. it can be done.
0: Right. And when it's done well, the Italians are usually behind it. Like uh, the Alpha, the Busso engine, mm-hmm. the Alfa Alpha Romeo engine. Right. Uh, we've got a Dino here at, at WCCS, and, and the Dino sounds very cool um it, it's it's possible
1: it's hard yeah really really hard it's a really fine line between like a wonderful song and then just grading piercing 350z with straight yeah. pipes it's really yeah. hard you know it depends on the angle it's and always kind of like rough a little bit yeah who did i drive something kind of re- well lotus
0: uh you know lotus has managed That's to make good. the camry engine sound really really nice yeah very I mean true. And, and actually come to think of it that the fucking TRD Camry for its faults, which were many. <laughs> uh, even that TRD exhaust on that basic Camry engine really did sound very nice. Yeah uh, shockingly yeah Toyota's V6 actually sounds pretty fucking good. Wow yeah yeah, that's a nice one. Um, I have spent the last f- three four days with the uh, the C8 Corvette convertible. Which uh, has a retractable hardtop uh, for the first time. It's obviously you know mid-engine. Uh, it's uh, naturally aspirated uh, Z51 package Mag Ride. This thing has fucking everything. It's over ninety thousand dollars. so it's loaded, um, but I would have a really really tough time e- explaining to you how your money could be better spent in, in sports cars. I mean, I really don't think you, I mean, you don't have to spend $92,000. This mm-hmm. thing has like a crazy interior. You don't have to go the 3LT, you can go the, the 2LT and the 3LT are minimally different. It's like carbon trim and contrast stitching. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. I think it's like a 10 grand difference it's too. a It's a big difference. Yeah. And, you, and it, you you know, it does add a lot of class to the car. I mean, it really does make it feel nice, but it 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 doesn't add to the quality of it per se, and it's a and you don't you know it does get the, the Corvette into kind of expensive territory, especially if you're also getting a convertible. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never been into Corvette convertibles before because the when you had the the regular car had the removable roof and it could be a proper coupe or that the alternative of that versus a little soft top. Was sort of like, well, it's like a no-brainer, right? Right. Um, well, now your choice is the Targa roof or the Power Targa roof. So, the the difference is really that with the Power one, a you've got the the buttresses behind the driver, which looks pretty cool, and you have that power the power rear window, which is nice. Love that thing. Love the power the rear window. Up,
1: put that down. You can hear the engine. The, the side A12 windows GTS and the middle, it.
0: fucking good. Yeah. Love it. Um, but, you know, and obviously the, the roof is super light now, so you could take it off manually with the coupe, no problem, and it stores in the trunk. But when it stores in the trunk, that's what you're storing in the trunk. Uh, so with the convertible, it's a power hardtop, right? It retracts in like, I don't know, 15 seconds, yep, I think. 16, but yeah. 16 seconds. And, uh, and you still
1: have full use of your trunk. Which is... The rear trunk. Which is great. Which is really good. Which is, and and rare. Well, I mean, yeah, it's kind of rare. I mean,
0: the fact that you have a front and a rear trunk and that the rear trunks is not at all impacted by lowering the roof is really helpful. And like, you know, whether you like or dislike the styling of the mid-engine Corvette um, is up to you. I'm not going to tell you to like it or don't like it. Some people really like it. Like, some people really lose their shit when they see it. They're really into it. I think it looks like you took a C7 and put the cab forward. Like, that, I, that's what I think it looks like. The front and the rear faces look just like C7 to me. It's just like if you move the cab from over the back wheels to just behind the front wheels. But um, I happen to think it looks very good. Um, I think it looks good with the
1: top up. I think, it, I think I, to me, the fact that I like this power hard top a lot. I, I, did, I used it yesterday. I was very impressed by its functionality. And while I do think the butt of the Corvette from the profile looks kind of odd, the benefit you get, which a lot of other cars can't match, is that you keep that, like you said, you keep the rear trunk, even yeah. though the top's down. Like the McLarens uh, yeah. don't do that. The Portofino M, which I drove out there also, like, in, in, or like the Miata, because those are front engine mm-hmm. cars. It's like, there's either a sign that says, be careful with stuff in the trunk when you put the top down, yeah. or uh, the Portofino has like a the cubby. shelf thing, it's right? Got a shelf that's like, don't. Put shit on top of this if you want to put the top down. Right. So with this, guess what? Has
0: uh, mid-engine cars have uh, rear trunks? The Lamborghini Countach and the Ferrari 328 GTS. So I have been right. spoiled wow. with my two old cars. And look, there's. I, I like a frunk. Nothing wrong with a frunk. Frunks okay, but with a frunk, it's typically small. You have typically a secondary latch that you've got to find and let go. Although in the Corvette, it's electronic and there's no secondary latch in the frunk, which is nice. True. Um, I couldn't get the key fob to work. The key fob for some some reason doesn't do it. But Mm -hmm. the I don't know why you might have to do something funky. I don't know. Um, But even though I think the rear end is the weakest point of the car styling wise, the functionality of that trunk in the back. Cannot be appreciated enough. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't. It argue holds that. a bunch of shit. It's an appropriate load height. It has that electronic latch, so if you just fucking close it gently, it sucks it down the rest of the way. It gets a little warm back there because um, the exhaust goes underneath it. So I wouldn't keep ice cream in that bitch. Right, but, but the um, trunk. but like, dude, I mean, dailying this thing is really nice. Yeah. I really like the automatic uh, the the dual clutch gearbox is so well programmed I took Batim and after the show yesterday, I took him for a go, he drove it, and he was like, ooh, somebody spent time on this gearbox. This is very good. And then I took him out on the 90, and I cycled him through the mag ride modes. Mm-hmm. And when we went from track to tour, he was like, oh, dude, are you shitting me? That was awesome. Like, yeah. it just glides it out. It's so – the ride is amazing on At, this car. It
1: is a, an impressive – an impressively functional vehicle in in terms of packaging, comfort, driving, and performance. Like, and even really, like the really quality is. of it. Like, it really does feel not like seats are really nice. We've got a um, I
0: uh, my office is a room full of exotic cars, and so we're always getting in and moving around and 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 futzing with different stuff. And I yesterday had to shuffle a brand new Aston Martin Vantage out of the way to to do something, and the different the the uh, there was virtually no appreciable difference in quality between this $165,000 V8 Vantage Roadster and the $90,000 Corvette. Now you want to go spec for spec the AMG V8 like yeah it makes more power it's a little bit more exotic outsourced but exotic mm-hmm. fine but like I'm telling you, there's virtually no appreciable difference in quality if you just sit in them and touch things and press buttons and move them. Like, you know, the Corvette's there. It's like it's like there. Um, I know some of the panel gaps on cars are like not quite perfect. I think they're very good on this particular one, which, considering it's a power retractable hardtop, is is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the stereo works good. The touchscreen is good and responsive. Like the sheets, there's the just seats so much to great. like.
1: The seats reminded me of the NSX seats, but uh, the bottom was a little more comfortable. Like, and the way there's more legroom than the NSX. It's more. Mm-hmm. This car's more fun to drive than
0: the NSX. I think it is.
1: Um, I have Well, I haven't driven this in the Canyons around town. I think they're even around you know. town. I prefer the Corvette to the NSX.
0: I think the NSX is particularly unexciting when driven slowly. When you drive them
1: fast, I bet it's more comparable. Maybe Edge NSX. Well, because this sounds good. Yeah. Like this one sounds louder than the coupe we had before. Maybe because I had this the has a Z51 down. dual mode exhaust comes with that. Oh, okay. Um, but also maybe because you've got no window there. Yeah. <laughs> that probably helps too. Yeah, it sounds angry. Yeah. I, the square wheel. At first, I I still don't like it the way it looks, and I I was like, this doesn't make any sense functionally. But then. I realized, well, one, the rack is really quick. You don't have to lift your hands very much. Right. And if you do the kind of rally driver turn where you're like, oh, I'm turning 90 degrees. I'll just grab the top. You're grabbing the 90, flat part. Grab the flat part. You turn it 90 degrees. It is then the right amount of steering input to make that 90 degree turn. The rack is very quick in that yeah. car. And I like that. And you actually can get quite a bit of angle, too. The ratio is good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but if you had to go... If you, but if you had a counter steer something, or yeah. do in between that, the, you know, then you're grabbing like a, a a corner, which is weird. I'm anti-square.
0: I yeah. think. Wait till you see the uh, the GT3 touring video. We can't. I'm sorry, live audience, because today is the the 10th, and the embargo is the 13th. I can't talk about GT3 touring today. I'll get in trouble. Our next show, we're going to talk about GT3 touring. But one thing I can talk about. Uh, because it's all across the Porsche 911 range, and you'll see it in the GT3 touring video, is I took a fucking dig at... I was like, you know what else I love about this car? I was like, the steering wheel is a circle. (laughs) It's a wheel. Porsche discovered that a circle is the perfect shape for something that you spin <laughs> and they fucking stop there. They didn't li- there's a term reinventing the wheel to describe things that don't need reinventing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Like some people haven't heard of this term. Okay, there's a phrase <laughs> that describes
1: inventing things that didn't fucking need inventing. Yeah. Mythbusters made square wheels once to see what it was yeah, like. It was that out of concrete, <laughs> and it was just the yeah. worst. It, yeah. You can
0: you can have a, a tiller-style wheel will work if your vehicle has a one-to-one steering ratio, like a go-kart mm-hmm. or a Formula One car. That's, that's what that is for. If you have to park it in a more than one-to-one steering ratio... You need a fucking circle, a wheel. my friend. Yeah,
1: you need a circle. <laughs> a circle because yeah. because the Vantage also has a squarish wheel, which yeah. does not look good. No, in that car, it's terrible. The exterior of that car is very round and shapely.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, it's not it's not good at all. But I mean, uh, I, and actually, so so interestingly, as you know, as as useful as of an engine as the lt1 v8 is i mean you have a very very wide torque band so you can pick a gear and you know really really run that gear out and being a naturally aspirated engine with a wide power band it's a super forgiving car it's not just going to like you know, we're we're beyond the days where a naturally aspirated V eight, even a 500 horsepower, is just going to step out on you. It oh just, yeah, it I just know. won't do that. Modern tire tech plus um, traction control. No. Yeah, it's not happening. And so uh, you can use throttle liberally, and it's fun. But at the same time, when you've got an engine that feels – or a chassis uh, that feels so exotic, you've got a view out the front that feels very exotic, your fucking square-ass wheel, you know, and a really fast – a ripper of a gearbox, man, do I get bummed out when I get to 6,500 and hit the red line. I go, Mm. God, I need 8,000. This need – where's – you know, where's – it's supposed to go – it's supposed to be okay at the bottom, meaty in the middle, and then batshit at the top. I would give me that, you know. And I don't, uh, I don't necessarily mean it needs to have eight hundred horsepower. That's not what I mean. I don't mean that. I mean if it was a smaller displacement engine that was a little revier, you know, like maybe the flat plane thing they're working on. Like that's what would make it better to me. And I think or the LS7, right? That revved is seven, didn't it?
1: Yeah, but I'd like Dry more. Sump. I'd like more. I want more revs. From a mid-engine car with paddle shifters, you, you need the revs. It's like this I think you got to choose though, you have displacement or revs, right? I mean because you have such big pistons that are True. trying to move at such a high rate of speed. OK I'll make the choice. Revs. All right, so, so, so what you want is a Ferrari for 90 grand, which is actually a great idea. Yeah, yes, I, I, yeah, I would yes. like that. Okay. I can't have that. You have one
0: good point. <laughs> it's, it's a really good point. Fuck, you're right. I was right, and then you were right because of it. It's excellent.
1: I, I love, I think the, the LS, LT, all those engines are so great. They're just strong yeah. in every way, torque everywhere. I, I like it. I mean, it would be fun to keep revving and revving and revving. Maybe they could push it in a Z06 package I to think like they seven will. grand. I think they will. Instead of adding you know turbos or something like I've that. Seen, but, yeah, haven't
0: you seen those videos of the prototypes running around with, that sound like Ferraris?
1: I, yeah, but I hope. Okay, if they're going to go flat plane, I just hope it works better than Ford's flat plane because sure. the Corvette, Corvettes, in reliability like it's reliable. You'd so you have need to be cheap. pretty you dumb yeah. to watch
0: how Ford did it and then go, "Let's learn nothing." <laughs> and I, but it doesn't mean they couldn't be. They could be dumb. I don't think. I, th- I hope they wouldn't wouldn't be. But and there's. You know, people will disagree with me and go. The Corvette's about a small block, and you know, who cares about the revs? And and this is about low center of gravity and wide torque, and and all.
1: I get you. I feel you. Well, it's interesting. It's like. It has all these attributes that that you associate with exotic cars, which is correct because mm-hmm. for a while only exotic cars had those things.
0: Well, the Corvette always democratized what the Europeans were doing. Mm-hmm. So in the fifties, when Ferrari came on the scene and started doing this stuff, uh, and Alpha was was building these beautiful touring cars, you know, the GM guys said, "Let's build a, a, a less expensive version of that with this American durable." you know, fairly ba- straightforward engine, but we put it in a light car and boom, you know, and make it pretty, but make it affordable. And and they've always, they did that with the front engine sort of GT cars. They hung on to the front engine long before, long after everybody else moved on, you know, to mid-engine. Mm-hmm. And now they're, now they're democratizing to a certain degree the mid-engine cars that cost three or four times as much. And they're doing a fucking killer job of it. It's I'm just saying good. that like- yeah. I will give this car an incredible review. You're going to watch the video, and you're going to go, it's obvious. Matt fucking loves this car. But they won't separate me. I owned a Corvette, remember, for a long-ass time. It was a great car. And if they make one that revs to eight, I might own one again.
1: It's wow. fucking ni- I mean, it's yeah. really,
0: really nice car. It's I, a nice I, car. I, I'm
1: not a huge fan of the way it looks, but... As a vehicle to drive and do just about anything in, it's yeah. exceptional. It's really yeah. nice.
0: I mean, it's 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 on the same. You know, it it, it feels like it's really almost at where a Ferrari four five eight was. You know, just a few years ago. It does mm-hmm. it doesn't have quite as many revs, but from a quality perspective and a, the gearbox, the, the ride suspension, is the ride. I yeah. mean, don't forget Ferrari licensed Mag ride from General Motors, right. not the other way around. Right. So, GM's, like, been doing this. Yeah, very true. You know? Um, And that car, when I first rode it, I said, when I first drove it for back in the day, Mm -hmm. two years ago, I said the the ride quality is second only to Rolls-Royce. That may have been a little hyperbolic, considering we had the fucking Maybach two weeks ago with hydraulics (laughs) hydraulics on it, which is a new type of magic I haven't experienced before. uh, And that may actually take the crown. But compared to the other shit I've been driving... Compared to my wife's Mach-E, you know, compared to uh, the GT3, compared to other, you know, my Ferrari uh, 328, you know, the Corvette in fucking touring suspension mode is like serious magic carpet level shit. Absolutely. And if you've got that kind of body control, you can drive so fast on bumpy roads like I can't wait to go up fucking Big Tahunga in this car. I'm going to fly. I've never driven a C8 on our home roads. That We've only driven them for, far away uh, on a
1: racetrack, like Payuma. Payuma has those weird bumps and oh, those, the some negative the G. Yeah, yeah,
0: the negative G corners. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, but I mean, the C8 is fucking good. They're having tr- trouble delivering them. They're not. I mean, they're not making enough of them right. to satisfy demand. There's long waits. Customers are getting pissed. Well, they I a get few it. Months off, supply chain, and all that yeah, stuff. Last year, I get year. it. Yeah, but they um, they've sold a bunch. But it is. Uh, I mean, what
1: a fucking good product. Yeah. Really, really nice product. When I drove it last year at, um, not Palmer. Where was I? Amp for mm-hmm. rated. I was like blown away at how easy it was, how natural it felt going fast. Corners track all that stuff. Just minutes, like oh, it feels like they've been doing that for twenty years. Yeah, it did.
0: And you know, you only lose hundred pounds. I'm sorry, you only gain hundred pounds with, with a, the power yeah. roof. And so, in my opinion, you know, you should only not get the convertible if you really care about the weight. if that makes a difference to you, cool. Your priorities, no problem. Uh, or if you, if you, you know, if you want to use the trunks while having the top down right cuz like it's nice that you could take the manual top off and put it in the trunk and take it with you mm-hmm. but you can't now you can't have a suitcase so now when you go on your road trip with your suitcases in the trunk you know now I you've got to choose right but with the convertible you can fill the trunk with shit and then still take the top down
1: i mean i yeah i think you go convertible unless yeah. unless it's a money thing or money or you really care about pounds, the weight yeah. which is not and if you really, really care about 100 pounds i would suggest waiting for the track day special anyway yeah, you could do slightly lighter seats and then like, make up that hundred pounds. Probably go fixed rails instead of electric seats. And yeah, might or, save that hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, or like wait for the Z06. Like they're gonna make one. Like I, what I, one thing I wouldn't do is buy a base C8 right now or a C8 Z51 and start modifying it. Like that's one thing I wouldn't do because we haven't seen what GM is gonna sell me. Mm-hmm. Sell me yet? I I had a I had a base C5. And I fucking started modifying it, or I, I excuse me, I left it stock for quite some time, and then the Z06 came out, and then I started to modify after that. But if I knew I was, I would have just oh, the 6 Yeah, they already did yeah. the shit. Yeah, you know. So you, if you're going to modify, you really want to start with the best the factory will will sell you, you know, and then go from there, as opposed to starting with the the cheapest one you can get, because you're just you're di- you're starting from a hole. Yeah, you know. Behind, behind what they're willing it's to sell you good with a warranty to start
1: with. I mean, it depends on yeah, what you, you can want to do. Yeah, you can
0: finance the the difference.
1: <laughs> uh, true, but if the Z06 is like ninety grand to start, just for the sake of argument, and yeah. you're like, well, all I want are coilovers. I don't know why you even. Yeah, do no, that, a bolt, a, a so bolt good. on or two. Yeah. You know,
0: whatever. Like, you want to change the rims? You know, okay, fine, change the rims. You want to f- a different yeah. exhaust? Okay, but I, I would say I wouldn't buy the base one. In order to truly seek maximum performance. Right, right, you right. You know right. what I mean? I wouldn't turn it into a track toy.
1: Right. You're gonna go buy
0: end links yeah, and yeah. pushings yeah. and no, all that. No, customize, shit. Yeah. have fun. You know what I mean? But like, A, I would not fuck with that mag ride. No way, sir. Leave that bitch right alone. Mm-hmm. And I I don't like Corvette's wheel offerings with the C8. I don't think that, gee, that's that's another weak point, is I don't really like any of their wheels at the moment. But I've seen on the internets, on the Instagrams from HRE and others, uh, some pretty cool options for C8s. Callaway
1: is making a cool wheel. Oh, nice! Yeah, these um, are. I think these are the wheels. Those are the wheels that are
0: on the one that we have, yeah. but they're painted two tone. They're painted gray, dark and silver, and I don't really like that very much. They're better when they're pure silver. I hated Even the so, ones they on look, the. They look like snowflakes. The black ones wheels that were on the uh, the one for road and track. I hated those. Um, yeah, those. I didn't like those at all. I really a couple people are are making some good good wheel choices, but um, those those five spokes there, they yeah, cause you know why? Because they're the fucking Ferrari four five eight knockoffs. Mm, yeah. They look just like the four five eight wheels. Red tan is a very good combo though on a, on a vet. This one, the one that we have, white white people. I'm not gonna say that it should be a crime to to make a white dashboard because. I, don't, I think that infringes on our, our freedoms, telling someone they can or can't sell a car with a white dashboard. But I am saying as a consumer,
1: you should never buy a car with a white well, dashboard. and as a human, because if you buy one and you drive, I drove it yesterday at noon, and I was like, I was wearing sunglasses, <laughs> and I couldn't believe how bright I'm looking at your Instagram right now. Yeah, you can see it. Look how bright. It's blowing out the camera. <laughs> I mean, if you were driving into the sunrise or sunset or whatever, at any time of day where the the light is at an angle, it's going to be really hard on your eyes. It reflects
0: up onto the windshield, and so the whole passenger side of the windshield is blown out with white. Although, shout out to GM, the heads-up display and the angle of the windshield makes it work with my Dylan Optics polarized sunglasses. Some heads-up displays do not work with polarized sunglasses. Uh, BMW, I'm looking at you. Uh, The GM one, no problemo. like that. Um, but this this is like you know snow blindness is a thing, like yeah if, if, no <laughs> anyways, no it's, it's yeah it's I you know I can't I, I I don't understand anyone who gets a pure white interior I just think you're asking for it in, at that point but um, I think this might be some special edition I think. It looks like fucking Andre Agassi's L.A. gears. I wrote that in Instagram, but that's what it really looks like, and it it's crazy. But I would like they have a a dark tan interior that looks good with almost every exterior color. Like stick with that. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: White, or if you like the white seats, don't get a white dash. Get a black dash.
0: I mean, but like, look at me, you know, bald, chubby, bearded. Uh, Wearing glasses with some type of coating on the lens, gray New Balances, and and tall compression socks driving a white-on-white Corvette convertible. I mean, sign me up for fucking something called Estates, Pleasant Estates Retirement Home or Mm -hmm. something.
1: I'm like... I'm ready to just fucking call it a day. I guess. I'll, yeah, I don't know how you made your money. Uh, what, do you, what do you think? What do you think it would have been? It doesn't matter how I did it, but I'm not doing it anymore. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's what it really says. And a couple about of me. boat dealerships, maybe.
0: <laughs> this is the official car of uh, my fucking ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> my new wife. She doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a uh, it's a really it's a really car. really nice product. So good job, uh, good job, GM. Nice job. Um, shout out to our pal Nino Nino Cutraro of the Vintage Podcast Days is having his uh, fashion show tonight for his new fashion line, De Florencio Fashion. <laughs> that picture, that's an amazing picture. Yo, Nino straight up like started a fashion line by learning to sew on a, on sewing machines and hand-making all of these garments. Yeah. yeah. Literally each of them handmade. And he's literally having a, a, a runway show tonight that we are uh, going to be attending. We have procured a, a green Lamborghini Urus for the event, and I have a reason to wear my Magnus Walker shoes. Yeah, you do. These painter pants are cool. I like these. Those are cool. Those they are awesome, like actually. I wish um, I I wish I was thin enough to wear any. If you put any of these clothes in in a chubby boy, it doesn't look right. You have to be th- like thin and lanky. But apparently, he sold clothes to like Machine Gun Kelly and Lil Nas X, and you could see people like that wearing these clothes. And They're yeah, dope. A lot of like bright patterns and stuff. They're, They're dope. Cool. I'm not dope. Is the problem? Nino texted me and he was like, "You know, you're gonna come, and it's a fashion show. You know that, right? You have to dress up like cool." Mm-hmm. And I go, "Can I just?" wear a $20,000 watch and drive a Lamborghini. That works in Venice. And he goes, that's not going to work here. <laughs> oh it's my okay. god.
1: I don't have anything that'll be anywhere near this.
0: Near this. You have to, I don't. What you do is you have to like pick three items from your closet and then one from your girls. <laughs> that's fucking funny. That's very funny. Which items they are? There's Nino, model. That that's, that sweatshirt was dope.
1: Does that top right that
0: hoodie is sick. Yo, he's got good at sewing. Oh, that zips open in the front?
1: In the middle of the face? That rules. He's gotten like... God damn, has he he gotten good at making clothes? He did this for years. He just just had... When I lived with him, which was years ago, he just had sewing machines and stuff and he was just figuring it all out. He you know, I mean, like, really literally
0: cool. learned this shit by himself. Like, yep. how do you start a company by making, by doing one thing every day? Like, it's yeah. like a model. Like, literally, all through pandemic and all that shit, he's got a day job. He works for Mark Wahlberg, he's an editor. But, like, he made it his goal yep. to make one article of clothing, at least one, every single day. And he did that shit. And now he's got a bunch of it to sell, and he makes money.
1: Here's the stuff. That and he just bought super a house. These are um, The magnets, the shirt with the magnets. Oh, the magnets was cool. snap to the scarves. These are, like, legit super clever. Oh, yeah. That, here's, there's Nino wearing one on the left. It's like a shirt
0: that's like an afghan with magnets. And it you can become, like, a hoodie or a scarf if you, like, magnet it up different yeah, ways. very clever. It's pretty fucking cool. I'm stoked That'll I'm going to check man. that out. Yeah, it's going be fun. Do you think that... It's outside, so we'll yeah. be allowed to like smoke blunts and shit, right? Yeah. As long as I bring enough for like everybody. Yeah. Just bring an enormous bag of weed. You won't be the only person bringing weed there. I, pro- I probably I probably won't. Yeah. I got a shirt that matches the Magnus shoes too. I live with him. To, well, you did too. Like Yeah, I know. To be yeah. But I have a shirt that matches the Magnus shoes, so it'll be it'll be extra cool. Nice. I tried to find a Kooji outfit, which led me to the mall. Oh, have that's Have you been you to a to mall, mall since the pandemic? I've not been to a mall in Right. I mean, 10 yeah, years. well there's that. But, like, going into an indoor mall for the first time kind of bugged me out a little bit. Because, you know, there's no mask rules, right? But some people are still doing it, which is fine. But, like, I just became, um, you know, I've been indoor dining and whatever. But something about a mall is it's so indoors. Well, it's like an airport. You're (laughs) you're just passing lots of people. It's just so, it's like such an indoors airspace. And I didn't have, like, anxiety about it per se. But I just became, like. Very aware. This is it this size? hard to get engine. right now? I tried to look at a bunch of these. The si- the sizing is tough. There's not a lot of not a lot of big boa sizes going on right now with the coogi, but it's okay. And certainly, I to get it last minute in Los Angeles was difficult because the
1: mall doesn't have such things anymore, as it were. Uh, are there any questions from the people? We got a bunch of them. Okay. Um, I have not vetted them. I just pasted so. Read what All know. right. <sighs> uh,
0: uh, 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 Speed round. If Matt and Zach were to buy your own... Why am I sitting so fucking low? Your own brand new sports or supercar, what would you go for and how would you spec it? Brand new? Brand new sports car, supercar, and how would you spec it? Well, I, I would have something that is not exactly off the shelf, I suppose. If I was to have a new car, I'd get a Boxster Spider from Porsche in British Racing Green over tan, uh, and I would have the comfort seats. I might even not be a Boxster Spider. It might even be a Boxster GTS 4-liter. And I would send it to Demand, mm. give him $30,000, and he would return to me a car that looks just like a regular Boxster on the outside in a very tasteful spec, but actually had a fucking warhammer of an engine. And that would be delightful.
1: Am I allowed to buy a 430... Scud? Nope. Brand new. Oh. Oof. I mean, 812 GTS? Ah, there you go. What color? Uh, I think one of the blues. Ferrari has some really nice blues. Not as dark as the one we had. I wasn't a huge fan of that. No, the like the, the light blue, the sky like the blue. The one we had Roma, the mm-hmm. Roma, that on an 812. Yeah, that would be excellent. That'd be pretty
0: good. That would be very good. Yep. Uh, Daniel Berman, what's the future for Bugatti's W16? I think a, a, a supplemental hybrid system at first for sure. before before completely going away and being replaced just by Rimatz's yeah. uh, batteries and, and motors. Yep. That I haven't I haven't read if anyone's gonna plan on asking about that, I, I have not read the more than a top line analysis of that merger. Between yeah, Ramat's Bugatti right. and Porsche. Those are the three companies. There's some funky ownership because Porsche already owned part of Ramat's and it was like I I'm not really sure other than that that top line analysis uh, what the uh, the deal was. <laughs> Who Gabe says uh huh. Oh, we recommended a manual GTI. He likes it. Great. Good. Boop. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Based on your experience with the AMG two liter, which GLA. is from the GLA 45, and the Lotus Evora separately, how good will the Emira?
1: Emira? Emira? I think. A hard, I think it's. I just a hard ran up eye. and down
0: two flights of stairs in case you're wondering. Because I
1: think it's a VIA, so maybe it's a hard eye and it's a Myra. Emira.
0: Let's we'll check that. They'll tell us. Uh, I think it will be cool. I mean, I think it'll be like a roomier, better made Alpha Four C, which which will be great. I mean, that engine is awesome. Gearbox is awesome. Yeah, it is fun. Um, if it's just fast, I think it's strange
1: that it's two completely separate powertrains. Right. Um, well, isn't it the, uh, the dual clutch only available with the two liter, and yes. then manual with the V six? Correct. Which is weird. Um, Well, they probably have manuals and V6s on the shelf. Maybe. (laughs) Like, they're like, well, let's keep going while we can, which is, it's a sweet power plant. It's a really sweet power plant. I'm sure it'll be fun. I bet it'll be really cool.
0: Yeah. And by the way, go, go AMG for being like the fucking world's engine supplier. Um, The regular 96. Will Toyota uh, delve deeper into electric cars? They've got an e-car in Europe and a great hybrid. Will they double down on hybrids or change? I mean, they own the hybrid game right now. I mean, really. have for a while. The Prius is... It's not it, but, like, it's such a dominant car um, that I think they intend to be, you know... Like, electric technology seems like early adopter shit, but a Prius isn't. A Prius is like... Early 2000s, it's like a Corolla. like right? you know at this point you, you know someone, no early adopters are getting Priuses right now. like I want a Corolla, but even less fuel. like that's who's getting Priuses right now. So um, I think uh, Toyota always stays a step behind the technology curve in order to make their cars more reliable with the exception of the Prius. Uh, right. The forerunner, the Camry, the Corolla, all of these products use naturally aspirated engines, sim, you know, basic climate control systems, basic multimedia systems, in order to be durable and reliable. And mm-hmm. so, I don't see them being a leader in EVs, even no. though they're a leader in
1: hybrids. I don't think they need to. Like they're they're making enough money on the mm-hmm. hybrids. They probably have enough cafe, you know, all that stuff on the hybrids, so they can just watch what the market's going to do and then react appropriately. And they'll probably do a great job if they go full EV eventually. But right now they have so many hybrids on so many different lines, yeah. right? Like Camry, Corolla, Prius. They just like, all right, they'll just do that. They've been yeah. doing it for a long time and it works. Yeah. Uh, Pedram
0: Dashti says, my friend and I have started a media company in Vancouver and would like to enter the automotive photography scene. Car meets are not prevalent. Any advice for building a portfolio? Find cars and Hmm. take pictures of them. Yep. I mean, that sounds condescending, but, you know, the getting of gigs is the job. (laughs) That's the whole job. You know what I mean? Like, um, you have to be creative, whether that means going on Instagram and searching locally and offering to do photo shoots for owners, you know, whether that means traveling to events, whether that means sitting on the side of, The road that sports cars are likely to drive on, and photographing cars that drive by, and having a website where people could buy prints of their shit, you know, it's like, you gotta get creative, like, thinking about getting into the automotive photography scene, I'm not really sure what that means, because, like, it's not like, that sounds to me like you're saying like you see a business opportunity there that you're trying to get into and seize. And it's like, that's not really how that works. People take pictures of cars because they really like it. And if they like it so much and then also have a creativity that they can bring to it that adds innovation somehow or service... Whether, if it's Larry Chen, it's creativity and personality. If it's the guy who sits on the side of the snake and takes pictures of people going through, it's it's automation and uh, service business, you know what I mean, selling prints, whatever. If it's, uh, we're going to a track day and getting pictures of people who are mm-hmm. doing the track day, like, you know, getting into the space. To get into the space, just find cars anywhere and take pictures of them.
1: Yeah, I think if, if their question was, They don't have car shows here, really. So how do I find cars? Just find shops that build stuff in your area or there's like online car clubs everywhere and just offer to shoot cars for free, like you said. And shops will always need promotional photos. Look at any of their Facebooks and Instagrams. Like they might have an in-house photographer or they hire somebody or, you know, do it for free for a while and do a good job. And then you could end up getting paid to shoot for shops, people, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John says
0: similar question what do you think about Mercedes putting the AMG engine from the GLA45 is this today going to be the Mercedes 2 liter day uh, in something else like the C class I don't like when manufacturers put small, high-strung engines into bigger vehicles. Yeah. I, I don't like it when it's that Turbo 4 in the Silverado. I don't like it when it's the Mazda 3 Touring powertrain in the CX-9. I would I would so much... What I, The only thing I really learned driving that Land Cruiser for a week is how we ended up in a place where the standard of luxury was a really quiet V8. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. It's not turbos. It's not some small displacement thing. With, you know, with a. It's like, it's just this very linear, smooth torque, and and so easy. I think easy, 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 right? So when you have a bigger engine that's underworked, it's not going to be efficient in traffic. It is going to be as efficient when you're actually moving. Right. Right. That's why the six liter Corvette. C seven can mileage. get
1: twenty seven miles per gallon highway, and it's why the new Bronco with the small engine gets worse right highway mileage than city mileage right, and so the problem is when those types of
0: powertrains are really good at the EPA test, and so they show better numbers on paper. They're not as nice to drive. They don't feel as luxurious in the real world. They're not even as efficient as they claim to be. So that's sort of what sucks. Yeah. So I'm not a buyer at for the. High strung engine in the bigger car. Yeah. I like the, that engine in the GLA. It's appropriate, but I wouldn't go sticking it in an S class or a C class and and be like, oh, it makes the same power as the
1: blah, 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 because, well, it's not, it's how it makes it. Yeah. You know? They should use the inline six. You know, if you're, I know they're dropping down from the V8s in the C63. Just use the inline six. That right. makes a lot of power, and then it's at least on par with the M3. Right.
0: Humza has a Porsche GT3. And wants to upgrade the daily uh, M3 to something else, uh, some type of dailyable sports car. Used sports cars, would you buy an LC500, AMG GT, or F-Type R? LC500. LC500 for me as well. Yeah, you, you already have a fast thing. So yeah. the AMG GT is just another fast thing. The GT and the F-Type R are both going to be stiff like the GT3. They're front-engine, rear-drive, and they're relatively heavy, and that means stiff. Mm-hmm. And so the LC500 is more of a cool cruiser. It's fast enough, has a great engine, great sound, but will not beat you up. Yeah. Uh, Adam wants to know if the
1: Cyan P1800 is available. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's that crazy $700,000 P1800, oh. the carb, all-carbon one they made. I mean, I'm I sure they'd build you one. I don't know. I just Do I they build more than one i I think they build them per they just I'm curious what the take rate's gonna be on these because a really clean refurbished P1800 right now is like $30,000. Yeah, like the best one of the The yeah. best one is, even though people love them they're not worth that much money. So what about so, them 2-door Delta Integrale
0: things? Are they those building are so any of those? Cool. Are they I mean they made one know. but who knows if they're actually I don't know if they're actually selling them. I, I mean know. I don't Adam I don't know if it's not available. Right. I'm sure if you sent them a US spec P1800 and there's a 800 grand there. huh? There's a person out there? Do, do they need me? Okay, they no. I yeah. don't know. Um, uh, Martin says, uh, what do you think of the Hyundai and models coming out, the Kona and Elantra, uh, as well as Hyundai as a company overall? Um, I think Hyundai has an excellent reputation right now, despite the fact that they've had multiple enormous recalls in the last year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've managed to not have those uh, uh, hurt their reputation, haven't they? Right. Amazing, sure. right? Why is that? Why does no one care that they had a massive recall and had massive engine problems? If you read auto blogs every day, you know about it. If you don't, you don't. Um, I don't know. We don't know anything, Martin, about the Kona and Elantra. N. Uh, the Veloster N was fun. It's a nice car. We, if you watch our reviews, we both preferred the manual. Um, not necessarily only because it was a manual, but also because they made the spring rates stiffer in order to accommodate the dual clutch, and mm-hmm. it sort of fucked the ride up a little it was bit. It a little stiff, yeah. It was a little stiff. The The manual was better. Um, but uh, I remember when they the Elantra came out with that 2-liter turbo, and it was like way more engine yeah. than chassis. Yeah, it
1: was. <laughs> <laughs> I think it seems like they have engineers that know how to make their cars turn and stop and yeah. be fun. So if they can add that to the Elantra, great. You make a Veloster N with a trunk. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh,
0: Alan Johnson says he's got a Z06 allocation. If we want it, nine thousand RPM starts at a hundred thousand. I mean, if that's correct, Alan, um, uh, I don't need it right now, but I appreciate that. And uh, if it really does rev to nine, that Whoa. would be uh, spectacular. That would wouldn't be it? amazing. That would be great. And if they do it for hundred K, even better. Right? Um, I don't know what, what is. I don't know what eight J is. Is that a chassis code? Of some know. kind, uh, Alexander wants to know uh, thoughts on a TTRS as a weekend toy. TTRSs are fun cars. They're really nice. They're like little uh, little rally cars. Um, and oh, that, I think that is I a guess, generation, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the good. That's the one we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're great. Five cylinder can handle a lot of power. Just some basic mods. You don't have to do too much. Uh, just your intercoolers and your mm-hmm. exhaust and tune that kind of stuff. Big power. They look good. Interior looks really cool. Yeah. They're great, and people, you know, it's an oddball. If you, it's like, it's like, what should you buy for sixty thousand bucks if you don't want a Boxster or a Cayman or an M two? Yeah, yeah, or an M two. That's pretty much uh, what what I'm uh, what I'm thinking. Um, <clears throat> this is. A red moped wants me to ride a Ducati Diavel. Uh, maybe you know I've got the monster coming in a couple of weeks. I'll ask him if there's a Diavel uh, in the fleet. The, sure. The, so these questions were from yesterday. With uh, oh, Peter. all right. Let's see. Uh, Wierenfelt wants to know why the U. Why they don't sell the Volkswagen Polo in the U.S. because people don't buy small cars
1: here, sir. Yeah. I saw them in Italy. They are small. They're small. They are small.
0: In the In Europe, um, or I should say, in America, we have standardized parking spaces. Yeah. And so there is – I hate to say it, but there's literally no point to having a car that's smaller than a certain – like a a Volkswagen Golf, as an example, is literally the smallest car that one would ever need in America because it fits in every parking space. I mean, it just – you know, I saw a smart car there and I was like, it makes sense here. Yeah, because it's, it's wherever no you want to, wherever here. you fit, you get parked. Right. But that's not how America works. Right. So in America, there's just no reason to sell a car that small. And they I wouldn't, mean, except they, for novelty. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, hang on. Uh, Richard H says a, a four door hatchback, wagon, or crossover in between a $40,000 Golf R and a $100,000 Tycon Cross Turismo. And anything in between, anything. Any, I mean, what any would you hatchback? grab the keys to most often? Hundred K Ticon Cross Turismo sounds pretty good. Fuck with that. Yeah, sounds lovely.
1: Yeah, that's ain't the answer. ain't nothing wrong with that. I would definitely rather drive, drive that than the Golf R.
0: Yeah, if I could afford a, a Ticon Cross Turismo without it being a problem, a Volkswagen would, a Golf would not be in my shopping list. Um, this Zach, is, I,
1: I read this yesterday, <laughs> and I knew you'd be so mad about this, this. is.
0: I'm not going (laughs) to use your last name, Zach. But if this is a real question, (laughs) this is a fucking dumb question. Cross shopping a 2013 Raptor and a 2015 Mustang GT Premium manual. Thoughts? Let's see. If you'd like to jump the dunes, which one do you think we'd go for?
1: Well, I mean, the Mustang has uh, a locking trunk, uh-huh. so it's going to hold the things in the car <laughs> when you go over the jump. Or right. The things in the bed of the truck might fly out.
0: Right. Downsides: when you go over the jump, the entire car might <laughs> pancake. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Okay. That right. Okay. So ups, So, so let's All see. Right. Yeah. So that's that's. Downsides hmm. on Raptor: if you want to park it anywhere, it's kind of a challenge. Um, thoughts are one is a fucking enormous truck one
0: is a sports car do you want a sports car or a truck do you know Zach you don't if if your thought process is I don't care what I buy as long as I think it's cool I can't help you there's no objective rationale someone asked me to explain to them how I ended up deciding on a Countach as if I was like calling into a show like this and going I'd like to buy an 80s supercar. What do you guys think? And like they gave just said you should get the Countach. This like- is
1: more like I'd like to buy an 80 a car from the 80s. What yeah. do you think? I uh, yeah, should Big I truck. spend $5 <laughs> on a chocolate chip cookie or balloons? Yeah. Big truck, small I, sports car. There's mm-hmm. no I, weird things across shop. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: Uh, Kyle B is coming out of a Mercedes E 63 and looking at a Mercedes GLC 63 or a 2020 Macan turbo. Uh, I, the upsides of the GLC, that V8 sounds really good. Uh, it's a, that's a nice little package. Um, upsides of the Macan turbo, pretty much everything else. I hate, great. I hate to say it. The handling is probably better. I like um, the way the GLC looks. I do like the style. Yeah, of it. it does. As long as it's the uh, the the regular roof. I don't like the S. Right. Yeah. GLC is nice. I have a client here at WCCS who has GLC 63, and it's very typical. He bitches about it constantly, and says he wishes he hasn't got it. I go, why? What's wrong with it? He goes, fucking eight miles per gallon. I go, it's the 63. What did you expect? And not three days later, he tells me there's a flatbed coming to take it to a tuner shop. And I go, What are you doing with it? He goes, Oh, we're going to, you know, fully tune it up, intercoolers, exhaust. I go, you were complaining about the fuel economy two days ago and said you wish you'd never got it. Now it's like 800 horsepower. He's like, Yeah, I figured I might as well. You can't beat him, join him. I
1: mean, <laughs> eight miles per gallon is real bad. He said I, it was real bad. This guy has a heavy foot. But um, The you Macan, if you, if you live in a place with lots of curves and you want to take it to the canyons, you can. I've yeah. never
0: driven this in the canyons.
1: Have you? I have. How yeah. is it compared? I have a
0: review of the GLC 63 S in the canyons, which is close enough that it would match this. It's nice. I mean, the Macan is a little a little more agile, a little more feel. Okay. You know, I, I think if I had to spend my money, I'd probably go Macan. but. The V8 versus the the Macan's V6 doesn't sound all that great. It's not that interesting, and so Very true. so I think around town the GLC is probably a little more interesting because it goes rah, rah, rah. it's real barky yeah. and shit. You know, um, Jeremy says, um, "Oh this? Oh yeah, commiseration on build times." I feel you. Um, uh, Scott McDonald wants to know when will there be more TST swag for purchase? You know. We are just not good at merch. We're I mean, not. just neither Zach nor I are just we don't think in t-shirts. And we don't, our audience isn't like Tom Segura's audience that they just f- meme out every fucking thing and so someone might want to buy a shirt. I just I just don't think in t-shirts. And when I do, the people at Blipshift remind me very kindly that they don't make negative shirts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> here's make- what I'd say to people listening if there's been something we've said or a joke that you've liked, post it in the comments of this video on the Smoking Tire Podcast YouTube channel and if we get, you know, a bu- if a bunch of people say the same thing, we'll go, alright that's what you guys like and remember yeah. we don't we don't know if there are memes out there about, yeah, about like the show. Yeah, like
0: memes and inside jokes, like we've tried to sell shirts that are based on like jokes that were made on the show, like nobody gets it so if we're going to sell stuff it literally has to be like that's why some of our shirts from blipshift literally have nothing to do with the shirt with the show because people who watch the show they, they i think they really just want to buy something that says the smoking tire on it like basically but we used to but sell like, that
1: shirt and it didn't sell that well yeah but right, <laughs> because
0: after a certain point the people are just tired of seeing it but right. like we have these other random shirts that are just like adopted from blipshift designs and they don't—they're not like personal, but like I'm not sure what like personal thing. You know, it seems like when people's houses burn down or someone dies, we can sell a lot of shirts for charity, but like which is
1: good, right? But charitable, I just—I nice. don't know.
0: I I I personally don't think in t-shirts, which which is a, a real downside. I imagine Ken doesn't either, which is why Brian Scotto is in such a good asset because he oh, thinks yeah. in t-shirts. Well,
1: I mean, they also have a brand based in you know hooliganry and driving and throwing tires around all that stuff and it like it makes sense yeah but we don't we don't have that yeah so it's it's i don't have a lot of merch to sell talk shit drive fast that would be our equivalent (laughs) of kill all tires if everybody likes that mention (laughs) in the comments hit the like button and we'll make make that (laughs) yeah
0: definitely but uh uh, and Chappie wanted to make a donation to zach so he can buy a bottle of bourbon forget about hydrogen cars no video is up the hyundai nexo road trip that went horribly wrong.
1: Uh, someone hit me up on Twitter. They said that Hyundai announced 20000 off the sticker of that and then 0% financing. And then a guy DM'd me on Instagram and he's like, hey, I was looking at the Mirai a few years ago and I said, why? And he's like, because I did the math and between the government incentives, the Toyota's incentives, and the $15,000 fuel card they were going to give me it was like a $7,000 car. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I was going to get to drive an LS platform for basically seven grand. Mm-hmm. But he looked at how problematic the infrastructure was and he's like, and eh, never mind. Even but for seven? Even for that. But that's, wow. if you see them, it's like maybe someone did the math and they're like, look, I'm driving a nice car yeah. that's costing There's a so guy
0: um, in my neighborhood. Were you with me? We drove by it. Oh, no, Robert was with me. Has three Mirai's parked in front of their house.
1: Well, he fills, he fills all of them. Then he drives one around, can't get fueled up, goes home, drives the other one. Did I steal your joke? (laughs) I wasn't going to say the joke, but that was my first thought,
0: was that if you're going to have one, it's like, you know, to have one, you need to have three.
1: Jesus. (laughs) Such a bad road trip.
0: Yeah, that's a disaster. That that video is really fucking epic. Um, Thanks for uh, listening, folks. Sorry we didn't talk GT3 touring today, but the embargo isn't up until uh, a couple days, and so you're going to have to wait one more show to talk about GT3 touring. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoy whatever it is you're off to now, uh, wherever you're driving to as you're listening to this show, and uh, Zach and I are going to enjoy the rest of our Saturday and go to Nino's Fashion Show. Follow, go follow that on Instagram, D, D Florencio fashion. Uh is it DE or DI? Uh, D oh no down right there it's on it's on the menu D E D E F L O R D Florencio Fashion why am I not following it give him, him follow from our account and uh, yeah there good congratulations to those guys and uh, buy some of their shit if you dress like Machine Gun Kelly um, this could help you dress more like Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> that's a t shirt clothes dressed like, <laughs> dress like machine gun kelly those are dope he makes his own patterns <laughs> cool. now yeah that's cool all right goodbye have a great day